Well, I think it reached the level of that that you would expect, you know, of, uh, I mean, those kids from both teams played their hearts out. Uh, I mean, the crowd was standing most of the game, I think, right? I mean, it, it, it was a heck of a game. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Monday. The voice are, of course, of, course of Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, talking about the Duke-North Carolina game from a couple of nights ago. He's right. It was a heck of a game. I mean, that you know what the one thing? And I said it to start the show. I think tonight would have more buzz if it was Duke in there. And it was, you know, we knew it was Coach K's last game. Obviously, it went out Saturday. But that game lived up to all the hype. Like, who cares who won, right? But just as a game, that felt close the entire time. I'm trying to think back. What was the largest lead in that game? I, I mean, maybe there was one little burst by one team. But every time you looked up, it was three, four, two, one, and flipped the other way the same way. That um that game was excellent. The other game wasn't, right? And you said it, Joe. We usually get one dud, one good one. Villanova cut that lead to about five or six with five minutes to go. But for the most part, that was Kansas's game. Duke, North Carolina was just tight the whole time. Yeah, no question about it. And th- there were, I think, numerous times. Most people had the inclination that, okay, Duke's going to win. They're going to find a way. It's just set up to win the national championship. When they did have, the, let's say, a two-possession lead, they were waiting for them to break away. And then once you got that Baycott injury, then it kind of feel like, okay, this is going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough for them. But then as he's taking his three-mile trek, I'm like, like, oh, this is this is good news. He's uh, jogging on it. I'm like, well, where's he going? Because it's going to take him 10 minutes to get back to the court. I, it, I don't think they ever went to the locker room because he was running right back. You're right. I, I don't. I think you're right about that. Let's talk about Duke. Let's talk about Carolina. Let's talk about Carolina, Kansas. Matt Cox, three-man weave right now, joining us on the Roman guest line. Matt, before we get to the title game tonight, what were your thoughts? Duke, Carolina on Saturday. What, what side were you on in that game? And are you surprised Carolina did what they did? Stunned. Um, I was there in the building. I'm currently here on ground zero. Here in NOLA, I was behind the basket. Thought once Baycott had the ankle, there was going to be a pretty clear, you know, runaway from Duke. And I thought they showed signs of getting there. They got a ton of easy baskets against UNC, but their shot selection was awfully poor. Selling for threes. I mean, during some of the game, was basically UNC was, what, 10 of 25 from downtown. Uh, Duke, 5 of 22. Um, just Duke's inability to commit to going inside against a, a vulnerable defense, especially with ACOT, I thought it was disappointing from a Duke perspective. But uh, UNC marches on, man. Big shots down the stretch. Give them the credit. Matt, how confident are you that Hubert Davis is going to get this team refocused just 48 hours later? Maybe for some of these players, the biggest win of their lives against Duke and then uh, go out there and just be ready. I, I, we don't know about pulling off the upset and winning, but just mentally, are they going to be ready uh, for this game tonight? Yeah, I think they will be, but relative to Kansas, um, it, you know, you harken back to that 2020 season, and this team has what, three of their key nucleus players were, you know, they were the best team in the country heading into the tournament that just never happened. And every I, I've seen Kansas play live now, both the Midwest Regionals here, every postgame presser, Bill Self, Akbaji, um, McCormick underscore that point. Like, it's just sort of a business trip 
we know that we have unfinished business. And I think they're approaching from that mentality where you're right. I think UNC is more just happy to be here. Um, I'm not putting a ton of stock in that from a betting perspective, but if you buy into that, I certainly think Kansas has more of a, they're less of a risk to have like an emotional hangover after the Saturday night uh, semifinal win for sure. Along those same lines, Caleb Love has just been phenomenal, um, hitting clutch shots, just a really good performance. Would you look at any over, um, like over his point total props or anything like that, or do you would you stay away from something like that? No, I would in general. I think this. So the only official that I have here is the over. Um, so just from that lens, any player overs are probably going to play well. The key with Love is that he's his shot selection has been a lot more um, shrewd the last few weeks. He basically the, the, the knock on him was just him settling for poor mid range jumpers. He, he's focused more on taking threes and layups. Um, he's been a lot more efficient in the tournament, and his usage is sky high, and his confidence is sky high. And he's one of those players that you know has that you know, erratic nature to him. But when he's hot, he is white hot. And um, Hubert Davis gives him just the greenest of lights. So I, I think Love keeps it rolling tonight. Uh, my favorite over, though, is probably McCormick. Um, I, I've seen a few different numbers posted. But I think Kansas knows they can go inside against a Gimpy Baycott in there. And just, you know, again, the way we've seen him play in the Midwest Regional Final, the way we saw him play against Duke, um, that's the McCormick that I think people expected, you know, two, three years ago. It's all it's fitting that's all kind of coming to fruition with him peaking at the right time. Matt, uh, when you look towards Hubert Davis, you mentioned Hubert Davis there, and he's won me over during this tournament. I think he's done a great job. And just listening to him talk, and it seems like he's got this Carolina team in the right spot. They're young players getting better the last six weeks or so. We talked about the letdown factor. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a big thing tonight because of Hubert Davis. Uh, give us your thoughts on Hubert, how they've evolved over the season, because I, I feel like he's coming into his own as a coach here. But he has. Um, I, I think the stat was, I'm trying to pull up my notes, since February 17th, this is the fifth best defense in college basketball. Uh, and, and the knock on them was they're soft and they can't guard. Uh, the offense was never – no one doubted that, right? I think everyone saw the weapons that they had both inside and out. But but now they're committing to the defensive side of the ball. Leaky Black is a tone setter there. The rest of the guys have bought in. It seems like schematically I haven't noticed a ton of major seismic changes on that end. Um, I think just the commitment to defending at a high level, again, with Black being sort of the uh, – the ringleader in that regard, that's what's fueled this team. And the offense has always been there. The defense is now just picking up its end of the slack. I'm with you. Hubert Davis has impressed me. I, I thought he was a maybe a liability in a, in a tournament setting, but but that's not the case anymore. I think Self's a better coach in this matchup tonight, but I'm not looking at this as a major coaching disadvantage at all. Uh, Matt, we were talking earlier about how uh, some of the sites attract uh, various metrics, uh, view these as the two highest power-rated teams in the country. Over the last six weeks, North Carolina, number one, Kansas, number two, and Bartorvik.com. Uh, how do you view tonight's point spread? Kansas favored by four over North Carolina. Anything there or the total of 152? I have just a lean on the side. If, if you're looking to get involved there, I think I would prefer Kansas, to be honest. I think they're a well-oiled machine right now. I, mean, I know UNC obviously is. I mean, both teams are playing out of their mind. Uh, but Kansas has more balance. And I think they're more consistent with they can with how they can be with multiple guys, uh, specifically the first half minus two. I, I think it's come down to four. It was sitting at four and a half at a few shops yesterday, but it's come down to four across the board. If you can catch two on that first half, I think that's probably where I'd want to be. But the over, 
um, is the official play for me. The, the venue is playing very well for shooting. Um, the sight lines are a lot different than these typical cavernous venues. Um, and, and Bill Self talked about that. He said that point blank and, and acknowledge doubled down on it in the post-game presser after the Saturday night win. It's like, yeah, the sidelines are great. The rims are soft. Um, the fact that both these teams playing tonight went 23 of 50 from downtown with guys like Leaky Black and DeJuan Harris making threes, I think that tells the whole story. Um, they've had upwards of four, five different shoot-around sessions. So there's a shooting comfort here, and the pace should be up and down. I think Kansas wants to test Baycott's ankle. They're going to look to run. And UNC, even with a gimpy Baycott potentially, is going to push the pace too with, with Love and Davis there running the ship. So I, Ogre is my favorite bet here. If you have to get involved on the side, I would prefer Kansas first half. Love it. What about the most outstanding player market? Is there any value left there? So I need to look at the updated odds. And a few shops have yet to make some what I think are necessary refinements. For example, a bet Rivers that Dave McCormick at 8-1. to one. I mean, it, relative to Agbaji, who is, you know, basically a coin flip plus 110 to win, I think McCormick's the best bet on the board currently. And you have to start with who do you think is going to win, right? I mean, I think it, it's been over three decades since a player on the losing team has won this award. Now the last seven years, it's been a guard. Um, but with the way McCormick dominated the inside and the way he can against UNC, especially if UNC tries to go small and, and play some mismatch uh, chess, I think McCormick has another big game. Um, you know, if he if he finishes with like thirteen and eight, I think that's enough to get him the award and a Kansas victory, coming off the dominating performance he just had on Saturday. So that's my favorite bet. If you like UNC, um, Caleb Love at five to one is, is the consensus price. I think that's probably the best way to go there. I'm glad you brought up Caleb Love because, you know, I'm thinking about X-Factors, guys that could change this game tonight, maybe take it in a different direction. He's the one for me. For, for you, Matt, if there's a player on either side you're looking at tonight beyond maybe the top guys, but you think, you know, their performance tonight, the variance of their performance could hinge this game and swing this game, who would it be? Because Caleb Love just keeps standing out to me. I think it's Remy Martin, who was the X-Factor in both of Kansas' wins to get them to New Orleans, and he sort of – took a back seat on Saturday and he didn't play poorly. They just didn't need him to do what he's been doing. This feels like a game where he kind of makes the, did you forget about me statement um, after Harris played so well on Saturday, there's going to be, I think a time where this Kansas offense stagnates those, they shot 13, 24 from three. I think there's a period in this game where Bill Self needs to pull out the Remy button and let him go to work and let him kind of leave the offense and, you know, give him that unhinged freedom, which is what's made him so successful down the stretch, especially now that he's been healthy. I like Ray Martin tonight as being kind of X factor, uh, makes clutch shots late in the shot clock if, if Kansas can't get a bucket. So that, that's my guy I'm targeting tonight. Okay, very good. Uh, Remy Martin, I, I believe you can find a juiced 11 and a half or maybe a 12, 12 and a half out there for points. Uh, you mentioned McCormick. Uh, 10 and a half for points is the prop there. Caleb Love, 17 and a half. Uh, you talked about all of those players. Are, are those the ones you're targeting? Anybody else that we should take a look at? No, those are the only three I actually have action on. I, I know Brady Mannix is going to have people's going to people's attention just because of the the loud shots he made. I, I don't actually love the matchup for here for him tonight. Um, Jalen Wilson's a really long, active, um, and pretty nimble, you know, quasi forward 
big and and he'll be in manic airspace all night and that, that that was what's really killed duke is that they lost him a few times late he had massive threes um in key moments um if you're looking to go over i think you're right the love mccormick um and and martin trio are where i'd start within those three i think love and mccormick are, are probably my favorite bets just from a pure points perspective are there any prop bets um that we haven't discussed that you would be taking a look at no, I, I just I, I just focused on the most outstanding player and the uh, and the points. However, I'm looking at my Remy Martin most outstanding player for the Final Four, and that seems to have aged poorly after he was basically a no show on Saturday. So I've been souring from my props confidence, so to speak. But I, I think the over again, um, it, it's rare that I make a big bet this late in the season, just with how tight the market is. But being here in the building, hearing the players and coaches talk about what a scoring friendly environment it is, the familiarity that they have with, um, you know, just the sidelines, the backdrop, the rims on top of the fact that I think this pace is going to be blistering fast. The over is still my, my favorite bet of anything tonight, even though it's, um, it, it's, it's odd to have such a, a big bet on a price this point in the season. That's you know, extremely sharp. Matt, big picture. Uh, you know, we're watching an eighth seed here, and you mentioned how good they've been the last five, six weeks. We, we were talking some numbers earlier about how efficient they've been the last five, six weeks. Do you think we're going to see a change in how we look at these teams moving forward? Because with Ken Palm or wherever you want to look at rankings, you know, teams like Auburn still ranked really high when we got to the tournament, even though they kind of faded. Are we? You think we're going to start weighing the end of the season more with a team like Carolina, what they've been able to do instead of just looking at big picture stuff as we head into a tournament? I don't. UNC to me is a special outlier case where it, I just think there was a light bulb that flicked on late, and and they were they warranted a let's only isolate the last month in terms of evaluating, projecting them going forward. I'm not going to take that and project that to a macro change in how I'm going to handicap. Now we'll see how that plays out, but um, I think UNC is a special piece this year. In general, the current formatting of the tournament, you know, anecdotally and However, you slice the data, it doesn't quite bear that out. Again, UNC is a special case. I think every year those cases exist, and you have to try and identify them, and that's a challenge. But I don't think this is going to be the start of a new era, so to speak, where current form, late season, hot teams are ones you want to target in the tournament. I still think that's more noise. You want to look at teams that maybe are just undervalued from a different angle. Um, but yeah, I mean, UNC, my goodness, like if you saw the if you sniffed out the light bulb flick, I mean, you're, you've made a killing the last month. So. Matt, we've got less than a minute left. Uh, tomorrow morning, shows like this, we'll be talking about the odds for the title of next year. Um, as long as they don't lo lose too many players, are there any teams back of your mind you're thinking, oh, man, they are going to be a problem at next year's tournament? Houston, yeah. And, and you want to bet these as soon as possible because the favorites typically are – undervalued right off the bat when um, coming off the, the the title game. So Houston's the one that they have key guys confirmed coming back. And with that coach and that program success, that, that's the one I'm, I think they're the front runner as of right now. Obviously, it's Huntington change the portal for recruiting, but, but Houston's the right mm -hmm. play. Great stuff. There he goes. Matt Cox from the three-man weave on the Roma guest line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for EDL from the comfort and privacy of your home, go to GetRoman.com slash Becky. You will now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman, 
com slash BetQL. We'll continue the conversation on North Carolina, Kansas next with Sam Paniatovich right here on BetQL Daily. Houston again. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.